Glad you're here. It's an exciting day to be in chapel. It's also an exciting week to be at Baylor because it is a short week, as you know. I hope that you will take this week and utilize it for what it is meant to be, and that is a time to be thankful and to be grateful to our God. And so this morning, I thought it would be appropriate if we began our time together in prayer, and I'm going to leave you a couple moments of silence in amidst our prayer, and I hope that you will be guided and that you'll take that time to pray um, prayers of gratitude to God. So let's pray together this morning. Gracious God, we are thankful that we have the opportunity to be at a place like Baylor where we can stop in amidst our busy day and focus upon you. And right now, God, I pray that you would hear our silent prayers specifically for our faculty and our staff, those people who are shaping our minds and our classrooms. God, hear our silent prayers for our teachers. God, also this morning we rub shoulders with our peers in our classrooms, but also in our student organizations, in our extracurricular activities, in our churches. So God, now hear our silent prayers of gratitude for our friends and our peers with whom we live alongside and study alongside. And finally, God, hear our prayers of gratitude for those whom we call family, whether they be blood relation to us or friends or part of our tight community. We pray as we enter this holiday season, prayers of thanksgiving for those we call family. And, O oh, gracious God, for all of these, we say together, thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm excited that you're in chapel this morning because a friend of mine, Wes Cunningham, is here to share with us. And before he comes, I want you to see a trailer to a movie that Wes had the opportunity to put together recently. He and his friend are both Baylor grads, and they met here. And later in life, after Wes had lived a bit, they said, you know, we should really put this on film. And so they made a movie, and I want to tell you a little bit more about Wes. But first, I want you to see a trailer to the film Seronia that is actually now available for download on iTunes. You can also see it on demand um, in several venues just as of October, I believe. So let's watch this clip together. Need a room, please. Um, do you have another card? Do you know who I am? No, I don't think so. Should I? No. We're gonna be able to afford it. Unbelievable. You're not what's hot right now. Not 10 years ago, the big record deal is dead. You gotta move on too. Let's go to Serrano. To Texas? Yes, to Texas. Just 
raising a family. You're serious. So do y'all have money? He has a job. What? His music. Christmas trees, ice cream cake, friendly monkey stand up late. I'm worried about Thomas. It just sounds like your life's not going according to plan, that's all. Here, come on, it's your turn. I'm pregnant. Oh, please, you're a Texas mother. This is required prenatal care. I'm in a different world, always. We're broke in 23 days. You gotta get a job. Like what? Send out resumes with a copy of my album. I'm always chasing I don't know. This isn't what I had in mind. What you had in mind doesn't exist. I didn't understand Are you drunk? I've decided to start drinking quite a bit. Is this who you want to be for us? Because if it is, it's not enough. I got Undoubtedly, you recognize some scenes from right here in our great town of Waco and Baylor on that trailer. They filmed a lot of that movie right here. And I really think it's cool that Wes did a movie. I think that's really a cool thing. Uh, but I'll be honest, I didn't ask Wes Cunningham to come to chapel um, because he did a cool movie. I asked Wes Cunningham to come to chapel because I think his story matters and I think it matters to you. And I think his story can intertwine and interweave with your story. And so he's going to come and share some music with us this morning and also a good bit of his story. And I hope you'll listen attentively. Will you welcome with me to Baylor Chapel, Wes Cunningham. Time would just erase what my heart couldn't bear to. Now I'll meet you in a secret place where no one else can share you. I 
Thanks. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Um, I, that song was is sort of an awkward worship song. It is a worship song, but it's different. Um, deals with pain, and I, I'd like to talk today about pain um, as a friend. <laughs> Not very <laughs> good friend sometimes, but um, pain is. Uh, Speaking for myself, has you know reduces me to my right size. Um, when I say pain, I mean like worry or fear or guilt or despair, and it forces me to come to the end of myself, the end of my self-sufficiency, my self-reliance, my self-centeredness, uh, because I I have no choice but to surrender. The pain is too great, so I give up. And I stop fighting. And it's in that surrendering, or even just the willingness to surrender, that I can experience freedom, peace, acceptance of life just like it is, acceptance of circumstances, of people just like they are. Because it's only through pain that I can fully realize this quote that I, I found in some recovery literature. But it's, uh, this, here's the quote, back to ambition. True ambition is the profound desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. So, uh, yeah, Ryan mentioned I went to Baylor back when there were wooden seats and uh, it was harder to fall asleep. This seems a lot more comfortable now, so I encourage you, get a snooze while you can. Um, yeah, no, I, I went to Baylor and I'm... Um, I owe Baylor a lot. In fact, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Baylor, literally. My grandparents met at Baylor uh, at, down at the, well, it was called a Baylor drug down there somewhere. It's not here. And then my parents met at health camp or maybe El Chico. I'm not real sure. One of those two. And then, um, and then I met my wife at Baylor uh, playing beer pong uh, on James Street. And we, we won that tournament, so that, I'm kidding. We, I met her at church, really. No, I'm kidding. I didn't meet her at church. 
Yeah, I love Baylor. And in fact, when we made this movie, uh, like, like Ryan said, I, I, uh, a couple of buddies, one guy, Thomas Ward, who um, good, a great friend of mine who uh, uh, taught at Baylor in the theater department, no longer here, and another friend, Brandon Dickerson, who ended up directing the movie we made. And I'll talk more about that later. But what I really want to talk about is um, sort of my, 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 my path. And I'll, I'll keep it brief. I don't like preachers, really. So <laughs> I don't want to be one. And, um, I'm not a pitch man. But I, I just want to tell you honestly where I come from. I grew up um, in the church and um, I, with a real dualistic sort of temperament. Um, and I don't know if that's me. I don't know how I learned that, but I did. It's dualistic, meaning either or. I thought um, I was either doing good or I was doing bad. Um, I was either in a Bible study, you know, or I was closing down George's. Um, and, I, and I love my parents and I respect my parents greatly. And, um, and, and I still... I still had this sort of performance mentality of either or. Um, I'll, that'll come into play later, but I, I, I love music ever since I was a kid, and I got a lot of accolades when I made up stuff. My mom taught piano lessons, and so she, uh, I was to be one of her star pupils, and I didn't like learning how to, I didn't like uh, learning to read music, so I would just make something up, and, uh, and that seemed to get a lot of uh, attaboys, and so. Uh, that got me thinking, wait, wait a minute, this is interesting. I, I've always wanted to be someone who's exceptional. And this made me feel pretty exceptional. Uh, later in school, I'd be reading biographies of my heroes, you know, John Lennon or, or Kurt Cobain or whoever, and they were exceptional people. And why were they exceptional? Because everybody agreed that they were, and they were awesome at what they did. And so I wrote, started writing a lot more music and playing in bands. And sure enough, you know, when I was uh, walking around high school, I was nobody. When I got up on stage and played guitar, suddenly I, I was exceptional, you know, and I uh, got a attention. So I very, I think, reasonably associated um, being successful with being exceptional, with being in front of people and, and having everyone agree what you're doing is great. Um, went to Baylor. In fact, my high school band uh, played a show at Baylor when we were still in high school, which is very weird to think about now. But we played for a party, a Baylor party, and uh, we were terrible. But, <clears throat> but while I was here, I looked around and I thought, this is great. I loved it. Uh, so I came to Baylor and Indeed, enjoyed my four year, four and a half ish years here. And uh, after that, went on to Nashville. And uh, like I said, I've always been interested in creating music. And I played, played in bands and um, got to Nashville and made some recordings. And suddenly, uh, some weird stuff started happening. Uh, uh, some record labels were interested. This was back in the late 90s or early 2000s when things were different in the entertainment world. But because the way it used to be, a record label would sign you, and then, and then you'd be on the radio, and then, and then you'd go live in your mansion. That's how, it, that, that's how I thought it was. Um, so I, but I got a lot of attention from some record labels in California and in New York, and they flew me around and made me feel uh, indeed exceptional. I thought, I think in the back of my head, I thought, gosh, I'm a fraud, man. I'm not anything special. But all of a sudden, these people were sort of validating this other side of me that wanted to be 
super freaking great, you know? Um, so uh, I'm in New York, I'm, and I, so I, I sign with Warner Brothers in Los Angeles, and we do a bunch of, I, I tour with a bunch of cool bands and uh, meet a lot of interesting people and movie stars and stuff like that. And uh, it's really heady. It feels good. I get to tour. I, I make a second. My first record didn't sell anything, so I made a second one. And by that time, things were changing in the climate um, and the industry. And, and also, I wasn't selling any records. <laughs> and so uh, the label dropped me. And I started to have that first sort of feeling of, oh, you know, oh, crap, what now? Um, I, I kind of had every all my eggs in that basket, you know, and um, so I, uh, I I sort of kept I, I regrouped and put out a couple of more little records and and tried to put a career together and sort of got increasingly more and more bitter and upset and resentful, um, and uh, <coughs> along this time I, I got married and my wife saved me from a lot of this stuff, but but eventually it's something that you have to deal with yourself and we. We were in California for a while, and I was just pushing this rock up the hill, and I just thought, I have to do something. Right around that time, uh, we discovered we were pregnant, so we moved back to Texas, and I said, all right, you know what, God? Here I am with my either-or thing. I'm like, uh, fine. I'll be a good guy now, and I'll do things. You know, I'm going to help you out a little bit, God. <laughs> and I came, to, I came to Texas and started working for this nonprofit, and I was miserable, and I was terrible at it. And uh, I uh, and I put the guitars under the under the bed and 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 I and and I and again. And I try to do for God what God couldn't seem to do for Himself, and then I'd get pissed off at God at night. I'd be like, "Where the where are you? What is this? Why you know?" I got more and increasingly more and more resentful um, to God, to uh, I more self-loathing, self-pity. I um, had some substance abuse issues. Um, I really was falling apart. And here I was trying to do this good stuff for God, you know? Um, I won't go into the details of it. I don't think it's necessarily helpful to do that in this setting. But I had a bottoming out experience, which was very painful indeed. And... Um, and I came to realize something that all along I've been trying to do all this stuff on my terms. I'm trying to help God on my terms. Come over here and help me do what I'm trying to do. Isn't this what you want? Aren't we helping people, all the people? <laughs> but it was still about me. What about me? Um, I couldn't grit my teeth anymore and make it happen and be the good guy. I just started falling apart. And like I said, I had the bottoming out experience. I went into some uh, recovery. I went to a, uh, a recovery through a recovery program. And it was there that I, I really understood. Uh, I had a psychic change, a spiritual experience. I surrendered finally my ego. And for me, that's, in my case, that's music, it's ambition, it's my sense of justice in the world, it's my great expectations, it's my pride, it's, it's everything. It's my job, it's my occupation, it's whatever. I gave it all, I surrendered it 
because the pain was that great, I had to. When I did that, I, uh, I felt some freedom for the first time. And I, uh, you know, I, uh, in, 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 in recovery, they say to, to uh, leave what you know or think you know about religion. Uh, check that at the door and come in and be open to um, accepting or thinking about a God of your own understanding, a higher power of your own understanding. And I know this sounds very antithetical and maybe even blasphemous, but this is me. This is what, what happened to me. I was able to do that, and I, and I surrendered my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. And some miracles happened in my life, and I no longer had compulsions to do some of the things I was doing. I felt a profound sense of freedom and peace. I was comfortable with the mystery of this higher power. I didn't have to give it a name and box it up and tell you how to do it. just, it's working. I, uh, I scraped houses for two years, and I made it, you know, eight bucks an hour. Maybe I got bumped up to 12 eventually. I don't know. It didn't matter. I was the happiest two years of my life. I was out there working in Hewitt, scraping houses, and, uh, and, and eventually uh, God restored so many things that I had given up, and I want to talk about that just quickly, um, but first I want to read to you this prayer. Um, the change that happens in me that is a, something that I need to remember and do every day and because it's not about me getting my way or getting what I feel like I deserve but it's about being useful and how can I be useful how can I get outside of myself um, that's true ambition for me and so here's this prayer I want to read um, My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Um, what a freedom. After a couple of years of scraping a house, I got a, a phone call out of nowhere from a dude who wanted to give me some money to write music. And I actually declined because I was happy scraping houses. Um, God provided for my family. My wife's a badass and she was in on it all the way. So it's like, I don't know how we're going to get stuff paid, but it, it, we did. And this was, this was a sort of a romance between me and God and him showing me, dude, I, I'll take care of it. It's taken care of. I, I put everything on the line and he came through. Pretty neat. But anyway, eventually this guy wanted to give me money to write music, and I said no. And then a couple months later, he, you know, he asked again. I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he gave me some money. I started writing songs, which is what I love to do anyway. It's what I'm made to do, I think. I love to create. So I was writing music. And, uh, and then uh, some weird stuff started happening. My, my buddy uh, came, to, came to town. His, um, his mother-in-law was sick. We started hanging out. Uh, I introduced him to my friend Thomas Ward over here. He worked in the theater department. We got together. We had coffee. We're just open. We're open, and we're talking about some ideas, and we, they were familiar with a lot of the music I was writing at the time, and so we decided, wouldn't it be cool to write a movie 
write a script based on this music while we have. So we had like 40 songs and we just sifted through them and we made this movie. We wrote it just for a laugh. And uh, next thing you know, we got funding. And next thing you know, next thing you know, next thing you know. Uh, we were able to make this movie and have these great actors and do all this cool stuff. And um, Again, uh, and it's, yeah, it's neat. It's neat that, that we have that movie and I hope it does well. Um, for me, it's not the uh, it's not the thing anymore, you know. Um, what I learned the main what, what the main thing I've learned, and I'll shut up and, and get off the stage so y'all can go. But I I wanted to tell you that it doesn't have to be dualistic. For me, it doesn't have to be either or. I can scrape a house and play with my kids and write music and be in a movie and whatever. Uh, and enjoy what God's putting in front of me. Um, so I don't have a plan. God has a plan. I want to be a part of that plan. Um, I hope that makes sense. Uh, I'm really honored to speak to you guys. And uh, I remember what it feels like to sit there and read the nose paper and fall asleep. <laughs> so let me read this one thing. Um, This is from a, I think this is a prayer, St. Francis of prayer. Um, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but I wanted to read this and share it. Lord, make me a channel of thy peace, that where there is hatred, I may bring love. Where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. Where there is discord, I may bring harmony. Where there is error, I may bring truth. Where there is doubt, I may bring faith. Where there is despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows, I may bring light. That where there is sadness, I may bring joy. This is my favorite part right here. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted. To understand than to be understood. To love than to be loved, for it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It's by forgiving that one is forgiven. It's by dying that one awakens to eternal life. I think I said I don't like preachers. It's not true. I, I didn't mean to say that. I do like preachers. I'm just not one. Yet. Thanks for indulging me, guys. This is be uh, my last song, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Consider it yourself 
to liberate yourself Now do this for yourself We are all in this together No one lives alone forever We are all in this together No one lives alone forever When you do the next right thing Sidewalk clean, you pack it in the stream. Then your heart will know, even overflow, cause the peace you sow, it'll cry. No one lives alone forever We are all in this together No one lives alone forever When, when you can Stop thinking Stop thinking of yourself Sick and Bears. See y'all. Thank you.